Hi guys, I'm Carla and I'm Iman and this is Screensaver, a podcast about all things pop culture. Iman, it feels like it's been way, way too long since our last episode. So today, I thought we could return by bringing back an old, dare I say classic, screensaver segment we like to call, How Have We Not Seen This Before?, in which we discover a dated piece of pop culture and ask ourselves the question, How have we not seen this before? (laughs) Basically, it's a confessional segment where you and I admit to coming across a piece of pop culture embarrassingly late to the game. For today's edition, we are going to cover a show we've kind of been obsessing over during our hiatus, HBO's The Leftovers. Yes. Specifically, we'll get into a spoiler-free discussion of some of the show's themes, its cast, and its jaw-droppingly spectacular third and final season. You don't want to miss it. All that is after the break. 2% doesn't sound like much. But 2% of the entire planet, of every person on it, That's more than the world's 10 largest cities combined. It's more than every death from every war in the 20th century. If every one of those people joined hands, they would wrap around the world six times. It's 140 million people. And like that, they were gone. So, Iman... That teaser gave us a pretty good introduction on the show's premise, but for the majority of people who aren't that familiar with this cult hit, why don't we start our discussion with some brief plot talk? Sounds great. Alright, The Leftovers begins three years after a global event called the Sudden Departure, which is the inexplicable disappearance of 140 million people on Earth. Following this event, mainstream religions experienced a decline, no duh, and a number of cults emerged, including one called the Guilty Remnant. Throughout the show's three seasons, we follow the lives of the Garvey family, most notably Kevin Garvey Jr., who's played by Justin Thoreau, and his eventual partner, Nora Durst, played by the wonderful Carrie Coon. Things progress from there, and in a series of fantastical plot points, we follow conversations with dead people, multiple resurrections, international assassins, (laughs) and lots and lots of shots of Justin Thoreau slipping and sliding out of (laughs) bathtubs. (laughs) What I'm saying is things get really complicated really fast, and now is probably a good time to mention that one of the show's creators is... Damon Lindelof, one of the guys that brought us the perpetually divisive but ever-in-my-heart television series, Lost. Yes! Okay, I'm glad you mentioned this, Iman, because anyone who knows us knows we were, and are, huge, huge Lost fans. And it probably comes as a surprise that when one of Lost's co-creators started this new project... We weren't really drawn to it. No, we dropped the ball. Uh, The Leftovers first premiered on HBO in 2014, and throughout that first season, it did, in our defense, receive mixed but pretty 
generally negative reviews Mm -hmm. saying that it was extremely depressing slow and often confusing but things especially the critical review took a massive turn in season two and come season three most people were describing it as one of the best shows on television by then the hype was definitely enough to catch our attention and we ended up skipping season one and binging seasons two and three in order to catch up in time to watch the series finale a few weeks ago with the rest of the world. That's right. Mega fans of The Leftovers probably hate us for skipping past the first season. I kind of hate us for skipping (laughs) the first season. But I have to say, the experience of watching the show the way we did probably made me love it more. I don't know. But Iman, what is your take on The Leftovers as a whole? All right, because this is a podcast, I can't really show you guys my fingers doing the chef kiss, (laughs) but uh, The Leftovers, it is so good. I'm going to use a lot of abstract terms right now, but it's a show that I find brave, compelling, puzzling, and surprising in a way that despite the glut of quote-unquote great television right now, I just wasn't expecting to ever get again. Yeah, when you were describing the plot talk, I was thinking of the SNL character Stefan in my head. This this show has everything. <laughs> this show has everything. Talk conversations with dead people. International assassins. <laughs> no, seriously. I mean, to get a little more concrete, but still spoiler-free about it, can we think of a show since Lost that presents us with true mystery. I'm not talking cliffhangers. I'm not talking, is Jon Snow alive or dead? I'm talking Reddit pages of theories and rushing to read recaps of like true Mm -hmm. mystery where you actually think this could go in any direction. I mean, I think most shows nowadays, showrunners are running it with such tight and meticulous and very impressive control, like a show like Better Call Saul, but in a sense that is giving you multiple choice, where The Leftovers, every episode feels like an essay question, where it's like, at the end, you just think, well, I don't know what I just saw, and it could go in any direction. That's right. Yeah, it kind of feels like a choose-your-own-adventure in a way, because... A lot of it is open to interpretation. Yeah, and not to give too much away, but there are kind of episodes that are Choose Your Own Adventure. (laughs) That's right. Um, One more lost parallel that I kind of wanted to make was, uh, while shows like I just mentioned Better Call Saul or something like Game of Thrones, they jump around to different characters within episodes. Mm -hmm. Something that I find really impressive and just that... Maybe it's just my personal taste, but I love that The Leftovers jumps into individual characters and dedicates entire episodes to them. So you get flashbacks and flash forwards and just deep emotional insight into one character for a sustained hour. Yes. I think one of our favorite things about Lost was the character development. Mm -hmm. And you definitely have that with The Leftovers because they, they aren't afraid of putting entire sets of characters off to the side and focusing on one particular character or one couple for an entire episode. Yeah, and I love that at the beginning of the episode, you might be kind of on the fence about this character 
feel like there were characters like uh, Matt, played by Chris Eccleston, mm-hmm. who I rem- there's one episode dedicated to him. I remember at the beginning thinking, do I really want to spend an hour with this guy? Or when some old white guy out in Australia, you're like, <laughs> yeah. do I care? And by the hour's end, you, you're like, yes, absolutely. That was amazing. And also, I mean, we're going to say this a lot throughout this episode, but similar to Lost, these characters find themselves together by the end and just the convergence of all these backstories turns into something really special and it's an epic way of ending a show by physically putting them together yes it was a it's a beautiful series and a very beautiful finale not to give anything away but it is really one of those shows that is about watching it step by step not getting a bunch of answers at the end. Mm-hmm. We mentioned characters. Why don't we talk about some characters, some individual characters? Let's start with our leading man, Justin Thoreau, or Kevin Garvey. What do you think of him? I really loved this character. I mean, he felt, when I was first introduced to him, when I, uh, he is He's the sheriff yeah. Yeah, of, of a small town in New York. He felt a lot like a Rick Grimes character mm, from The Walking Dead. That's right. Where you you kind of feel, or even like a Jack, yeah, Jack Shepard from from Lost. Where it's obvious this guy is a natural leader. He brings people together and has a sense of authority over them. But he's he's interesting because he's also very flawed. Yeah, and he's also an incredibly unreliable narrator. Yes. Oh my gosh. No, and and wonderfully acted by Justin Thoreau. I had only ever known him on Parks and Rec, where he was kind of a jerk. <laughs> yeah. Or as Jennifer Aniston's husband, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so watching this was just a delightful surprise. In our plot talk, we mentioned Carrie Coon, who plays Nora Durst. She's just killing she it right so, now in general so great yeah she's also on far the latest season of fargo but she's a character that i really love that they lean into letting her be kind of selfish sometimes letting her be compassionate in other like in another breast she's just a very fully fleshed out female character and I love seeing that on tv yeah I remember after watching one of the episodes you texted me and said I'm not sure I even like Nora that much she seems kind of like a jerk and Mm -hmm. then you learn more and more about her backstory and all her complexities and by the end you're almost rooting for her yeah I mean they Our modern age of difficult men television shows us that you don't need to like a character to want to follow them, but what The Leftovers proves is that good character development will make you root for the well-being of characters. And The Leftovers, be it as nihilistic and dark as a show as it is oftentimes, it returning to that core hope and faith and connection and humanity is just so great. I mean, I mentioned Chris Eccleston. Regina King is also in this show. Everyone is just killing it. The cast is amazing. Yeah, and there are very short seasons. Each season Mm -hmm. is 10 episodes long, and I feel it's paced really well. 
lean. It's very lean, and the the writing is just so good that that I mean, it's hard for the actors to mess it up, but they chose a great ensemble cast for it. No, so true. I mean, so. I mean, we've both been gushing about it for the past X amount of minutes. Um, how would you recommend people watch it, or, or what should people's expectations be going into the show? Obviously, we're recommending this. Go out <laughs> and watch it. I might judge you if you don't like it, but you can judge me for not seeing season one, so that's okay. <laughs> Let me repeat the question. So what should people's expectations be going into the show? Or what Well, first going in, I would... Definitely recommend it to any fans of the show Lost. If you liked Lost, you are going to love The Leftovers because it's a show that takes all the best attributes of Lost and distills them into three short seasons of amazingness. Yes, it's like a... And well, I'm going to say it two takes, seasons because we it, only Yeah, two no, it's of like them. you took the bro- the sixth season broth of Lost and made a bouillon cube of Lindelof <laughs> and just condensed everything that was great about Lost and added in tons of HBO production quality. Right. And it's amazing. And I mean, so that's I mean, that's number one. Yeah. If you liked Lost, you have no excuses. You have to watch this show. <laughs> And I think if if you didn't like Lost, you might or if be, you didn't or if you didn't watch Lost, yeah, you might be really surprised by it because of how brave of a show it is. It's tackling subject matter that's insanely personal, mm-hmm. really emotional. Unafraid to get dark, but never in a method that feels graphic or gratuitous. Like, sorry, Walking Dead. I kind of feel like that makes almost like porn of like apocalypse porn where this one just kind of shows what would be the actual consequences of a bunch of people of like families getting torn apart yes so so going into the show i'd i'd say people should expect for it to get really dark Mm -hmm. at some points it will be confusing but i don't think people should be frustrated with it in the sense that like oh this is just like lost and the writers have no idea what they're doing no nothing could be further from the truth yeah i think we were mentioning this before we started recording but i think a lot of people's frustration with lost was that they felt entitled to answers by the end of it mm-hmm. where with the leftovers you're never offered that promise so you don't expect answers by the end of it. The show never purports to give you one neat bow at the end of the series. Yes. So the show, it will challenge you. You can stop and pause and read reviews and read theories. Or you can also just kind of sit back and let it wash over you and just enjoy it. As it comes. Yes. But I will say, doing deep dives, reading recaps for the seasons that I have watched has totally enhanced the show. And one of the greatest interviews that I read after the series finished, and something anyone is welcome to blow through once they've seen it, is an interview with Damon Lindelof himself that I've recommended to you like 20 times and you (laughs) haven't read. (laughs) But it is so good. And I think I just want to take use that as a quick segue to something you've mentioned and mentioned several times to me while you started watching it a little before I did is just how happy we are for Damon Lindelof. Yes, I feel like such a proud parent. 
Yes, like, <laughs> with this show. This baby bird <laughs> jumping off the lost bandwagon, yeah. flapping his wings. I mean, for people who don't know, Damon Lindelof is pretty open about the fact that he basically had a nervous breakdown after Lost came off the air mm-hmm. because the ending of Lost was met with such vitriol and such, I mean, people were pretty nasty about it and still are to some extent. Yeah, people act as if the finale tarnished the entire series. Mm-hmm. So and those he, people are dumb. <laughs> he took it pretty personally, you could say. I, I know he even deactivated his Twitter account. Um, he still has the gram. Yes. <laughs> And I, I just feel really proud that he was able to create a show with so many similar trademarks, mm-hmm. but he was able to make it in a way that was so obvious that it was on his terms. Yes. I think that going from a, a network, I mean, yeah, I'll praise ABC, my current employer, but going from a network television show to HBO probably gave him a lot of freedom, and seeing him take that freedom and do something so amazing has just been so much fun. Yeah, and you can tell he has that satisfaction, too, uh, yes. which is really fun to see. Um, I, for one, am very excited to circle back and watch season one, and also... Already looking forward to rewatching seasons two and three because, like Memento or Lost or any cool show with or movie with plot twists, mm-hmm. I really think watching it a second time is just going to be like you'll get so much more out of it. And I think watching three short seasons of a show is so much more doable than rewatching Lost, which we've attempted so many times <laughs> and we've never done. And we've never made it. I'm ashamed to admit. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, no, I agree with you. I'm really excited about this show. I'm so happy it exists, and I'm I'm just so excited by it, as you can tell by yeah. our rambly. I feel like episode. I feel like when Lost ended, I still remember doing the dramatic fall to my knees, sobbing in my bedroom, and I felt like that was a breakup that I just assumed I'll never find TV love again, as deep as that, or that same excitement, and now it's like the Vampire Weekend song that says here comes the feeling you thought you'd forgotten (laughs) because watching The Leftovers I just kind of kept thinking like whoa like what's gonna happen I genuinely don't know this feels like lost yeah yeah and that's high praise coming from us yes all right well I think that does it for this episode of Screensaver for those of you listening out there if you have any thoughts you want to share with us on The Leftovers Please let us know, or as if you, you can tell. Or, or if you want to yell at us about not having seen season one, you're welcome to do that, too. We will We <laughs> will be happy to accept any leftover conversations of any kind. So you guys can follow us on Twitter at ScreensaverPod, and you can like our Facebook page, Screensaver Podcast. And as always, you can find other episodes of Screensaver on iTunes. Iman, how about we sign off with a song all Leftovers fans will immediately recognize and appreciate? Yes, a deep cut. (laughs) All right. Bye, everyone. Bye. Ladies and gentlemen, we'd like to welcome to you, all the way from the slums of Shaolin, special uninvited guests came in through the back door. Ladies and gentlemen, it's... 
dance with the mantis, no the slim chances. Chantis, anthem, swing like Pete Sampras. Taking it straight to big man on campus. Brandish your weapon or get dropped to the canvas. Scandalous, made the metro panic. Call static, with or without the automatic. And while I'm at it, you